Section 8 of David and His Friends. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. David and His Friends, a series of revival sermons by Louis Albert Bates. The Shepherd God. The Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23, verse 1. Joseph Parker calls this the nightingale among the Psalms, pouring forth melodies which, when once heard, will never be forgotten. There is perhaps no other portion of the Holy Scriptures, with the exception of the Lord's Prayer, which has been committed to memory by so many people, and which has so the hearts of men and women. Tens of thousands of children have committed it to memory. I heard Mr. Sankey say once that almost every Christian Scotchman sings this psalm at least once a day, and some of them repeat it more frequently. It is a psalm that is as precious to the old as to the young, and one that is as dear to middle age as to either of the extremes of life. Someone has said that it has remanded to their dungeon more felon thoughts, more black doubts, more feeble sorrows than there are sands on the seashore. It has comforted the noble host of the poor. It has sung courage to the army of the disappointed. It has poured balm and consolation into the heart of the sick. It has visited the prisoner and broken his chains and, like Peter's angel, has led him forth in imagination and sung him back to his home again. I well remember once in Boston to have read this psalm to a dying man. He was a dear old saint who had lived on the earth more than 80 years, and for 70 years God had led him through green pastures, and now he had come to the valley and shadow of death. He was close to the edge, and he asked me to read this psalm. I got down on my knees beside the bed and bent over him that I might repeat it in his ear. I held his right hand in mine, and as I got to the verse which says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I saw that he was going. And a great longing came over me to get some message back from the Valley of Shadows. And I cried, Is it true? Is it true? And with the last strength left in his body, he pressed my hand. And with a smile of indescribable peace, he said, Yes, it is true. And he was gone. This psalm was born of David's life as a shepherd. It must have been written afterwards, for its talk of restoration and anointing indicated that it was written later in life than the days when he led his flocks among the hills of Bethlehem. But those early experiences David ever carried in his heart, and it was natural for him to use them for illustrations of God's goodness and mercy. I bring this very beautiful figure of God 
God to you tonight. A shepherd God who will be all and more than that word could mean to you. It is interesting to note what it means as David understood it. As a shepherd, David says that God restored him back again to the flock. David knew what that meant. He knew as a shepherd lad what it was to hunt after the lost sheep that had wandered away and was in danger of being torn by the bears or the lions or the wolves and to bring it back again to the safety of the flock and the fold. And David says that is what God did for him. He restored my soul. That is just what the sinner needs. It is idle to talk about Christian culture or Christian growth in any way until the soul is restored again from sin. Before you can expect your plant to grow, you must plant it out. Before you can expect the sheep to be led in green pastures and by still waters and protect us from enemies, it must be brought back from its wandering. It is just that way for the sinning soul that has wandered away from God. It must be brought back, and Christ is the good shepherd who came to seek and to save that which was lost. I read you the old story which Jesus tells us of the nineteen nine which lay in the fold, and of the one that had wandered off and become lost, as a shepherd who would not sleep until he sought after and found that lost one, and who, when he found it, was happy through and through, and came back rejoicing with the lost sheep on his shoulder. That is what Christ is seeking to do for you tonight. He wants to bring you back to your lost goodness, your lost innocence, your lost relation to God, when you could pray to him as naturally as you could talk to your mother, your lost peace of heart, your lost tenderness of conscience, your lost love for good things, your lost sense of safety, your lost hope of heaven and eternal life. If you will let him, this very night, the Good Shepherd will restore your soul to all these precious things. But the Shepherd God not only restores, he leads all through the journey of life those who trust him. And it is interesting to know over what kind of a way the Lord leads. In the first place, it is a fresh green day. David says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. A sheep never lies down while he is hungry. The flock will only lie down after being filled with grass. God leads us in an interesting and blessed life. I have never known anyone yet who had been wandering away into sin and had been restored again by Christ's love and given up to be led by him to complain that he led over a hard and rough path and into a dry and barren pasture. The pastures of the Lord keep green through all the trying experiences of life. The pasture doesn't dry up when Christian people get old and feeble. God's saints are like the palm tree. They are fat and flourishing in old age. Who of you ever heard of an old Christian whom the Good Shepherd had been leading for 50 years, complaining that God put him on poor pasture when he was old? The devil has no happy old people, but God has green pastures full of them. If you want to have a sweet and happy 
and noble old age, when you shall be blessed both of God and man, give your heart to Christ now. Put your life now in the hands of the Good Shepherd and let him lead you all the way through. It is a safe way over which the Shepherd God leads his flock. It is by still waters, not by some mountain run, where on the occasion of a thunderstorm or a cloudburst, a wild torrent would come plunging down the mountainside and sweep the flock away and leave them wounded or drowned farther down the brook. No sudden storm of temptation or trouble shall sweep us off our feet if we trust God and yield ourselves to be led by Him. It is a safe way because it is a righteous way. David says, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. No man is safe in this world who is not right. I know some of you feel tonight that you are strong in your self-righteousness, but if your life would not pass muster before the judgment seat of Christ, if you would not dare to hold it up before the great white throne and let the calm, clear eyes of Jesus look on it, then, my brother, for your soul's sake, repent tonight and implore the Good Shepherd to restore your soul and lead you in the paths of righteousness. No wolf of sin or passion can harm you if you will give yourself up to be humbly led by Jesus Christ in the path of righteousness. David also suggests to us that as a shepherd, God disciplines and protects us. The shepherd carried a crook with which he brought the sheep back when it showed a disposition to wander into a dangerous place, where it might fall over a precipice, or where it might get separated from the others. Dr. Duff, the missionary, tells how he was once traveling in the Himalayas, where he saw a shepherd who, as usual, went before his flock, but frequently stopped and looked back. If he saw a sheep drawing too near the edge of a precipice, he would go back and apply his crook to one of its hind legs and gently pull it back until the animal joined the rest. But besides this crook, he had a long rod as tall as himself and twisted around the lower half a thick bar of iron. With this, he could effectually ward off the wolves and other dangerous animals, which in the night time howled around the place where the sheep lay. The crook was intended for the flock the rod for its foes. So the shepherd God will, if we will let him, draw us back from danger and defend us from all enemies that can come against us. It is delightful to notice what a different kind of following there is to the Christian and to the sinner. That which follows on sin is always uncomfortable. However fascinating the temporary pleasures of sin may be, Afterwards, remorse and punishment ever follow in the wake of sin. How many times people say to me when they come and uncover before me the skeleton in their hearts, Oh, if I had only known that I should have been so followed and persecuted by that one wrong step, I would have shunned my sin as I would have shunned the karma. But how different is that which follows on doing right? If we yield ourselves to the Good Shepherd and let Him lead us and guide us, 
that which falls on our track is like a benediction. David says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Ah, how much more precious it is to be followed by goodness and mercy than to be hunted down by the sleuth hounds of remorse. But let us notice also the result in us. First, there is the banishment of want. David says, I shall not want. God will feed your soul with everything that is good for it. The cry of the prodigal when he was among the swine herds of that far off country was, I perish with hunger. Oh, the world is full of souls that are hungry because of sin. But there is bread enough and to spare in the Father's house. And any soul here that hungers for real rest and satisfaction and nourishing food that makes life worth living may have it by just coming home to the shepherd God tonight. Every genuine Christian will bear testimony that Paul told the truth when he wrote to some of his own converts. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The Good Shepherd Banishes Fear David says, I will fear no evil. Perhaps there is no blessing so great for the happiness of the soul as the driving away of fear, which God does for those who give their hearts to him. He rescues us from the fear of punishment. He takes away the fear of judgment. The man who has received a pardon from the President of the United States has no longer any fear of punishment for his crime. He knows that he never can be tried again for that offense. The President's pardon covers all his sin. So, if you will repent of your sin tonight and come to the mercy seat, Trusting in the merits of Jesus Christ, God will pardon your sin and take out of your heart all fear of punishment because of your sins of the past. What a blessed relief that is. God takes from us also the fear of death. How many have been held slaves to the fear of death? Many people are so afraid of death that they will not attend a funeral service. They will not willingly permit anyone to speak of death in their presence. No poor superstitious soul was ever more cruelly haunted by imaginary ghosts than many people are haunted by the fear of dying. Paul gives us the real reason of this. He says, the sting of death is sin. If we are conscious that we are sinners against God, then we know that death will usher us into the presence of God with our souls unprepared to meet him. Death to the sinner means a fearful judgment day. It means condemnation forever. It means the meeting with Jesus Christ who has said, If any man deny me before men, him will I deny before my Father and his holy angels. No wonder that men and women are conscious that they are not at peace with God, fear death above all things. But if we repent of our sins, we receive pardon through Jesus Christ, and the sting of death is 
taken out. It is no longer an enemy, but becomes a friend. Come when it will, it can only usher us into the presence of our Heavenly Father and bring us face to face with our Divine Savior, who has said, If any man will confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father and his holy angels. Finally, what a beautiful and glorious hope the Shepherd God holds out to us of the future life, toward which he is willing to lead us through all our life's journey. How happy is David's assurance, not only was goodness and mercy to follow him all the days of his life, but he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our good shepherd said to his friends just before he went away, and through them to us, and to everyone that will believe on his name, that he has gone to prepare those houses in which his loved ones are to dwell. How tenderly he describes them. In my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And then again, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Ah, there is no leap in the dark about that. There is no going down into nothingness or silence about that. There is unspeakable joy and blessing in the outlook of the Christian. We are told in Hebrews that these happy experiences that we have here as Christians, in the forgiveness of our sins and in the consciousness of God's guidance and protection, are only a tasting of the powers of the world to come. The saintly Dr. A. J. Horton was once speaking on that scripture when he told of a shipload of cattle which a little while before had arrived on the New England coast after a long and stormy voyage. When they came within fifty miles of New England, these poor, storm-tossed animals began to scent the clover and to show signs of the greatest joy and delight. They had begun to taste the powers of the new world. That is what you may do. Now and then smell the clover of those sweet fields, arrayed in living green beyond the flood. We are not to be conformed to this world, but we are to look forward to the glorious world beyond, so that in the midst of all of earth's sorrows and separations, we may be exulting and strong. Reverend F. B. Meyer says that in olden times, the crews of outgoing vessels, so they reached the line, toasted friends behind. But as soon as they passed it, they began to toast friends before. What a glorious outlook to all of us who have dear ones that have gone on before, dear hearts whom we have loved long since and lost a lot. The Germans have a proverb, blessed are the homesick, for they shall reach home. Oh, wandering soul, the good shepherd is seeking you tonight. He is calling softly and tenderly across the wilds of sin. He comes strong and mighty to deliver, able to save unto the utmost. Do not run from him, but rather run towards him. 
and yield yourself to his strong arms, that he may restore you to the Father's fold. End of section 8. Read by Yorana K. Vigna. New York, August 8, 2021.